Jesus said to the disciples, when the advocate comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who comes from the Father, he will testify on my behalf. You also are to testify because you have been with me from the beginning. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me. Yet none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because they do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father and you will see me no longer. About judgment, because the ruler of this world has been condemned. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them right now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. And for this reason, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. As kids, most of us were taught not to play with fire. Don't play with matches. Don't touch the hot stove. Don't mess around with fireworks. Don't stick a fork in the electrical outlet. Don't fool around with lighters. Don't wave around that stick with a burning marshmallow on the end of it. That one's important. Don't play with fire. Because if you do, eventually you'll get burned. Now, to be honest, I've always had this sort of love-hate relationship with fire. I'm fascinated by it, but I am also terrified by it. In a lot of ways, fire is, is a blessing. There are few things better than just sitting around a campfire with friends, talking and relaxing. We use fire to give us energy, to heat our homes, to drive our cars. Fire can bring us a sense of peace and calm or, or joy and excitement. Fire can give us a feeling of romance or protection or comfort or safety. It can even bring a sense of the divine. But fire... Fire is also dangerous and terrifying. It can't always be controlled or contained, and it's wild and powerful, like a, a bolt of lightning splitting a tree or wildfire consuming houses and businesses and devouring huge areas of land. I still remember the night when my childhood home caught on fire. 
thanks to a bird nest that was on top of an exterior spotlight. I remember being woken up with panic. My parents yelling and telling me to get my sister and to run to the neighbor's house. I remember the smoke and the confusion and the chaos and most of all, the fear. Fire does not always provide protection and comfort. Sometimes it can bring destruction and consequences that we cannot control. And I think that's part of the reason why fire is such a good image for God. The Bible offers us all sorts of images of God, ways of of picturing and understanding God. And, And these images help us to understand not just who God is, but also our relationship with God. All of us have images of God in our own minds, and some of them are good and help us to better understand this loving and gracious God that Jesus revealed to us. But some of them are not good. Some of the images of God in our minds are harmful and lead us to believe that that God is nothing like Jesus, that God is full of anger, unhappy with us, just waiting to make us pay. Today on Pentecost, we're given another image for God. Fire. Every year we read this story of the Holy Spirit descending upon the disciples with rushing wind and tongues of fire, and that might seem kind of random, but fire is a good image of God for us to hold. See, just like fire, a relationship with God can bring us warmth and comfort and peace and a sense of security. But just like fire, God is not something we can dominate or contain. God is wild and powerful, and capable of bringing destruction and consequences that that we cannot control. If you've ever read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, maybe you remember when Susan asked if Aslan the Lion is safe. And Mr. Beaver said, safe? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. Just like Aslan, God is not a tame lion. And truth be told, following Jesus is playing with fire. And that's because Jesus isn't dead. And Jesus isn't finished. In our gospel reading this morning, we heard him tell the disciples that he still had more to say to them but they weren't yet ready for it. It reminds me of a few years ago when the United Church of Christ adopted their new slogan, God is still speaking. It was powerful. It reminded people that Jesus still has things to say. Here, now, that God didn't just stop speaking when the last punctuation mark was written in the New Testament. We believe that the Bible is divinely inspired, and it is the word of God, but it's not the first, only, and final word that God ever spoke. Jesus 
is the word of God. And he tells us himself that the gospel stories could not contain the fullness of God's word, could not hold everything that God has to say. God is still speaking today. And that's something to be thankful for. Because there are a lot of things in the Bible that are not that clear. And understanding how to relate what we read to what we're experiencing in our lives can be really difficult. So we need Jesus to keep speaking through the Holy Spirit to help us understand, explain, interpret, and shine new light on ancient words. We need Jesus to keep speaking so we can better understand God and ourselves and this world around us. We need Jesus to keep speaking so we can continually learn how to best act and speak and live with love. And we need Jesus to keep speaking because just like the disciples, we're not ready to hear everything he has to say. Sometimes that's because of our own issues and blind spots and ignorance our own worldviews and and twisted ways of seeing and thinking that make us unable or, or maybe unwilling to hear what God is saying. But it's also because we're human beings and we can only hear and understand so much at one time. And so throughout our lives, the Holy Spirit will teach all of us new things, will open us up to see and understand in new ways will draw us to to repent and change in ways we didn't even know were needed before. Faith really is a journey. And as we walk, God is still speaking. And that's comforting, but it's also really scary because we can't control what God will say. And following Jesus is playing with fire. If we listen, who knows where God might call us or what God might ask us to do next? Who knows what parts of us that are broken, the parts of us that are hurting, the parts that are twisted and warped, the parts that are captive to sin, the parts that are wrong or or painful or harmful that God will want to destroy and burn away like a refiner's fire that makes us more faithful and loving, or like a cleansing fire that brings about new birth. Who knows what God might call us to give or sacrifice in order to truly love others, what God might call us to risk in order to truly care for our neighbors by challenging the unjust things that oppress them and hold them down. If we follow Jesus, eventually God is going to start saying things that we don't like. In fact, if God's never done that in our lives, then it's not God's voice we're hearing and following. Eventually, God will say things that make us uncomfortable and challenge us way deep down at the core of who we are, things that make us question and examine some closely held beliefs, the way we see 
ourselves and others, the way we treat this planet, our political views, the things we place our trust in, the ways we behave that aren't healthy or good for us or for others. If we listen, God will tell us to live in ways that are radical in comparison to this world, to lift up the poor and the lowly, to stand for what is unpopular but righteous, to wash the feet of total strangers, to sacrifice in love for those deemed unworthy, unlovable, unclean. And when God starts speaking about these kinds of things, then the flame doesn't feel so comfortable and safe. It can feel painful, even like we're being burned. But there are parts of us that should be burned away, that need to be burned away in order for us to be free, for others to be free, things that need to be burned away so that we can better embody Christ's love and become who God wants us to be so God can cleanse us and make us new. God is still speaking. God has something to say about the violence in the Middle East, about student loan debt that is crippling entire generations of people, about the fact that some folks don't receive basic medical care that they need simply because they're too poor. God has something to say about migrants who have come to our country as strangers, but who are nonetheless our neighbors and are seeking the safety and chance at life that we all crave. God has something to say when we care more about our personal rights than about our responsibility to one another. God has something to say about the evil anti-Semitism that has swept through our country these past few weeks and about the racial inequality that perpetually holds some people down in our nation. God has something to say about the blinders we wear that cause us to support our tribe, whether that's Republicans, Democrats, police officers, or anyone else that make us support our tribe blindly without stopping to think about whether an action or a behavior or a policy is even right or good. And if any of that makes you uncomfortable, And this morning, I got to say, that's kind of the point. That's what God does. Following Jesus is playing with fire. But I beg you, do not shy away from the uncomfortable words that God has to speak. Because through the discomforts, God is making us new. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost so long ago. Before the Holy Spirit arrived, the church was feeling pretty comfortable. They were figuring out how to be church without Jesus there. They knew that Jesus was the Messiah for Jewish people. And life was great just hanging out together all the time in Jerusalem. And then the Holy Spirit arrived with fire. They received this gift of being able to speak in other languages, and now they were called to share the good news of Jesus far and wide. 
Now they were called to leave the comfortable places and habits they knew so they could travel to distant lands and share the story of Jesus. Now they were called to learn the difficult truth that Jesus wasn't just for them, but for all people, all tribes, and all nations. Talk about risk. Talk about God saying things you don't want to hear and being uncomfortable. But they listened, and they followed. They let the flame burn bright, even when it was a little painful. And because they did, the church grew, and the message of salvation in Jesus Christ went out to all the ends of the earth, and 2,000 years later, here we are. And we have come to know and believe in Jesus, to hear his voice still speaking. So may we be attentive to God's spirit. May we listen for God's voice and follow where it calls. May we feel holy discomfort and be made new. And may we play with fire, even if it burns us. Happy Pentecost, dear church. God is still speaking. Amen.